turn turn to the teacher turn 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 to the teacher Welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers, and class is officially back in session. We are here for another guest speaker episode. Finally coming back to the Massachusetts music scene. We're back. We're back home, kind of. This guy, if, when you guys see, uh, we're cut to uh, his background. You're gonna see all the Lakers stuff. So don't get don't get confused. He's on, he's from Massachusetts, but he likes the Lakers for some weird reason. We'll get probably get into it at some point yeah. later. But I have Phoenix Rios on the show with me, and I'm so excited to have him. I would consider you probably, what, like an experimental alternative hip-hop artist? I, I would probably put you in, I almost feel like genre. I've never, I've, yeah, I've never even, I don't think I've had somebody, like, tell me what they would actually label me ever. So, like, alternative hip-hop, I could definitely see that. Definitely, I, I feel like I'm real, just lyrical. I love hip-hop, man, so I'm, and I'm also in, like, a big rap kind of, guy so that's kind of what i'm in for sure absolutely no you're definitely in the hip-hop scene for sure when you break it down but breaking it down further than that is is uh you know so i like to do i like to like pick out the sounds i mean yeah. we're definitely gonna talk he there's a lot to talk about on this episode so i'm like i said i'm so excited to have you man welcome to the show yeah, turntable teachers man turn turntable <laughs> teachers bro this is this is dope man i'm just this is i'm just excited to like have fun and talk with you honestly because i've i've watched i've watched a couple of your th- of your things already and they're just informative and, and like i said I, I had told you a little bit before we started like you just seem like you're a real cool music head and like a real hip-hop head you know to to a degree so like i'm just excited to chop it up with you man Oh man, no, I'm I'm so I'm so glad you feel that way, and and uh, like I said, I'm, I'm so happy to have you here, and um, you know, glad that we uh, you know we became acquainted. I know you're you're familiar with uh, with Taha and Roly, who I, I know a little bit as well. Yeah. Taha on the show a while ago, and he and I are still so close. So big shout out to Taha. Big uh, shout out to Taha. Yeah, big yeah, sh- man. Big shout out to Taha, and I really enjoyed that episode. That's definitely what put me on to you uh is that you know Taha's my guy he's from this area and we just have worked a good amount in just like the past year and got pretty close um Taha the Phoenix man and uh and I listened to your episode with you and he's grinding he's like finding podcasts to be on to like promote his his thing and so I really respect his work ethic and then I listened to your episode together and I was honestly just like really I'll say blown away. I don't even know if that's overdoing it or if I'm kissing ass right now. But like the reality is, is like I listened to your guys' podcast and it was a real good episode. Like it was like informative. I I loved like the way you facilitated the conversation. You guys like touched on some d- dark things, you know, dissected a lot of cool things. And Taha makes that kind of music where he puts a lot of attention to detail. You know what I mean? So like the fact that gave him a spot to also speak for it was like, super dope and the first thing i was like man when i drop music and i got myself ready and i got right and i'm right i'm gonna make my move so so yeah shout out to taha for just like link making this happen low-key you know indirectly yeah absolutely you know it definitely caught my attention when you were like oh you know i i listen to your taha episode I'm, I'm definitely i'm familiar with him we've worked together i'm like all right i gotta check you out and then i heard speed of sound which was your single off your newest pro your latest project eternal man 
Bear, which just dropped as we're recording this, just dropped last week, correct? Last Friday. Uh, yeah, last Friday, man. Last Friday. Or, or uh, Friday, September 25th. Friday, cool. September right. 25th. Yeah, from yeah, when so we're, yeah. Friday from where we're recording this so right right, right. But, so so at the drop of the episode this has obviously been out for a few weeks now and uh well, i just want to obviously say congratulations on the ep i think it's i think it's really great i listened to a lot of it uh right when it came out i was listening to it last night as i was prepping for the episode and kind of going off of uh you know obviously our conversation a little bit earlier about you know just being music heads and, and, and especially hip-hop heads for sure if you want to like, narrow it down you know I, my favorite thing to do now is I, I, the evolution of music to me, man, is really, really insane. And I think yeah. that you know, there's so much genre blending and bending music out there. Like some, like you can't even pigeonhole certain things. They just are certain types, types of music. They're just not, it, it's not one thing, right? So yes, you are, I would consider you in the hip hop category, but you know, on this project, man, you, you mixed in a lot of different things. You mixed in some jazz, you mixed in some uh, lo-fi hip hop. Maybe that's the best, uh, way to describe your music yeah. might be lo-fi but you've even brought in some atmospheric production psychedelic there's even a little neo soul so you know all that kind of inter you know for me is like goes hip-hop you know lo-fi alternative hip-hop and then sort of the rest of what i just right. said so you mean but brought so much into it so i was just kind of curious like what was your idea behind the project really the creation process of it and yeah. uh you know you know what like creating this this new body of work yeah definitely and like it's interesting that like you know i you know i'm obviously the artist and i know what my influences are and i know what i listen to um and it's definitely a lot of those things that you're talking about and you know labeling it neo soul i'll say like maybe that's a little bit of a stretch but like if you're hearing that like i i can totally see it you know what i mean and i want to embrace that because i honestly had no intention of genre blending or doing anything i'm just i'm just rapping man and i think kind of like what you're talking about really is what i want to highlight the most is it just starts at hip-hop for me like i just feel like hip-hop is such a, a limitless genre and it's it i think the you know in its roots it's it's sampling it's 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 retaking and rehashing and and cutting up in different ways things that aren't even originally hip-hop you know what i mean so that's like that's where so just captivated and super passionate about hip-hop in the first place is because there's so much variety and variability in it and there's so many different tones and feelings but at the end of the day i think for me you know the genre categorization can get be a complicated conversation but uh for me, I feel like the most paramount thing is like, it's hip hop, like, you know what I mean? Uh, hip hop is experimental by nature. Like it is uh, progressive or just like innovative and, and and it's always meant to tap into something that's been done before. And it's always meant to do something that we've never seen. Um, so like when it comes to like what I'm making right now and this whole nocturnal tape, uh, I'm really excited. I'm really proud of it because I feel like it's a step up from the last EP I did, which is called Take the Leap um because that one i was just kind of really more just pushing myself to literally take the leap and put myself out there because i was a little self-conscious about my music but with nocturnal man i was just like got into a zone with my friends for like three weeks um focused on this and like the recording of it all probably happened in like the span of a week and a half in my basement like literally down there where we started this podcast off where i was trying to make it happen but it was just too loud and noisy in my house right now that is where I recorded all of this, you know what I mean? Uh, 
with like my my little setup that I got and that's where it was like really more or less like just not focusing on what I'm making but like making it and then fixing up you know the results and then making it concise and 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 sequencing it and uh you know what I mean and taking it for what it is um honestly and I also feel like I did a little bit of just letting myself I'm just more comfortable on the microphone now you know what I mean just more comfortable so that's that's how that's how I feel or like there's no real concept behind it like or wasn't you know so calculated at the beginning it was like I made this in a week and a half with my friend and terrible sleep schedule so like we were fried at like 4 a.m like just be like just trying to make a song like the outro is literally inspired by like a cat that we have here because I was dead ass in the basement you feel me like trying to come up with something and finish this track because I like the verses and I was just trying to get a hook and this cat came by and, and I just freestyled something you know what I mean but like that was like that really is a result of more confidence because I was I was a lot more I was a lot more particular about a lot of my other lyrics and delivery, you know what I mean, on my first go uh, uh, with just like a complete project. So this one felt good, man. Like it all kind of came together by itself, <laughs> like really. And, that, and that's what I'm looking forward to challenge myself on the next one is like get some kind of semblance of what I want to do in the future, you know. Oh, for sure. For sure. But no, that's, I, so I, I think that, you know, your approach is actually very interesting just because it, it seems like this all kind of came off the top. Like, even like you said, like, I, I noticed that too on Sha uh, Shadow's outro that it was about a cat. I just like, when I was hearing it, I was like, huh, I was wondering the, the backstory behind this, but it's just really just, like you said, just, it just happened, you know? And really? So, yeah. And it's, it's, just, you know, yeah sorry i was just gonna say it's a it's a little corny it's a little tacky like in, in the moment or like even after it sometimes i'm like yeah but like it just happened and it felt very organic so i was like i want to put that out there it was authentic you know oh for sure no i think that in music authenticity is oftentimes something that gets overlooked with artists i think that that is at its core really the way that you can potentially really connect with another with, with another person on the other side of this which is like a fan or someone that's listening to your music because you know there's some some songs that you know they're bops right or like you know they they bump in the whip or whatever like and they're fun but those often are not the songs that like move you and really like make you kind of either go to a different place or think about something different or something on a deeper level um I, I got the sense with your music though that it came from a deeper spot than just even though surfacely like these were just moments you're living through them and, and 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 just kind of being authentic with the moments but like it felt it felt honest it felt real and you did sound very confident so i mean if that's something you've been working on clearly i think it's, it's working out for you yeah and, definitely something i've been working on and, and have you ever heard the like the category of like bedroom rap you know what i mean yeah, absolutely we I had feel a, like a um, lot of that is what i'm into for sure Oh, absolutely no and then i mean yeah i think some of the the things i was mentioning earlier they're just just like some sounds and maybe influences that not influences but i'd say more sounds or patterns that i've heard in other music that i heard in yours but i think bedroom pop works too especially or bedroom yeah. hip-hop i should um yeah we have another artist heath 240 on here that that really is trying to um uh go in that direction more so but uh, shout out heath he's a, another fantastic yeah. artist but yeah and like i think ultimately i don't Sorry about that. I, I, I think uh, ultimately I don't 
I don't have a full intention to do this all the time. It's just uh, what I've found actually seems to fit, you know what I mean? The category of artists that I like, but absolutely. No, it's, it, it works out. I mean, it's for me, I, um, you know, I noticed you're a Kendrick fan just from listening to the, to the, to the project. And I definitely got some Kid Cudi as well. And I think that if you're, you know, between the ages of 22 or something like that, and, and yeah, roughly, like, yeah, man, Cuddy probably uh, changed your life in some way, shape, or form. Or at least. <laughs> Is it that obvious, guys? <laughs> that's that's for sure. I mean, like, dude, I uh, I'm a huge Cuddy fan, and he was he was just a huge artist for me in my formative years, which like I know a lot of people have that, and. Uh, but I even to this day, I just take his influence for like, you know what I mean? Like his his influence in me as like a role model while being a musician had to do more than just the music, you know? So I definitely have a lot of Kid Cudi influence. And I, I, I don't I don't shy away from that. Obviously, I have that I have that bar on my tape. Like, I don't see the next Kid Cudi. I guess it's me then. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> uh, I just don't think there's anybody fulfilling that lane of like weird like in the same or like weird and like i don't know it's a kanye west kind of lane too like it's it's like a weird smoky vibey experimental but cinematic at times kind of hip-hop yeah no that's and that's often a hip-hop that i can get down with right like a thousand percent like i i'm I was a huge huge fan of cuddy for a long time i think gambino's done a lot of that as well on for certain sure. projects uh you know he's gotten into that into that space uh, you know, you could definitely say that about Kanye, right? There's a lot of artists that you can probably lump into uh, sort of that category. But I don't also think that a lot of them reached what Cuddy did at, at, at the time, especially with his sound. Like, I think it was, I think he still in a way is finding it again. Because I think there was a few years with Cuddy that he went off and tried something different, which is fine. I just don't think it worked yeah. out for him. It works <laughs> out for some. <laughs> That's, it works out for yeah, no, the leap. It doesn't work. I, I don't think it. I don't think it worked for him when he, he took the leap personally. But and I, I he's, think, yeah, I, I think even to that point. Sorry, not to cut you off. I don't know if I'm. Uh, but uh, I think to that point, like he took that. He took that L. I think knowing that was going to be an L, and it doesn't. It doesn't work out. But. In terms of his discography, it, it stands out more of just he was experimental, you know. And there are people for you know, there are people who like speeding bullet, you know. Let's just talk about it. <laughs> there are people who likes speeding bullet, uh, but I, I'm not even I'm not the biggest fan of that album. But it was what it said was more than the music. It was more just like as an artist, I'm gonna branch out and do something different. And uh, and like I think Kanye West, honestly, even though he's an older artist than Cudi, he he kind of carried that torch for a while afterwards where like he brought this cutty kind of effector image into the mainstream and and just sonically too yeah definitely yeah well with cutty i mean i don't think you get 808s and heartbreak without cutty in a sense oh for sure definitely not like there's no and even um and then i feel the same way about um the album um oh my god you don't you don't get um Jesus without like a Travis Scott because Travis Scott was really helping him get into that because if you go back and obviously you listen to rodeo and you would listen to like man on the moon you know you mm. hear uh you know where Kanye actually grabs some of his influence so that's I think that's what makes mm. Kanye 
you know, his, the musical genius where he, that he is, I mean, say what you want about Kanye and other areas of, of, of life, but for, with, in terms of the musicality, you know, his ability to take, you know, an influence like that, but then make it his own, like he did with, with, like with Travis Scott very early in their careers too. Right. And same with, with Cuddy. Um, really for me, when, on 808s and Heartbreak, like welcome to Heartbreak. Uh, the demo version even was one of my favorite. I don't know if you ever heard the demo version. It's hard to find these days. There's a so I, I love I love the uh, the studio album version that they ended up going with, but there's a demo version, the version that I believe is, is better. <laughs> really? And it was really more. Yeah, yeah. I gotta I gotta find if I ever find it. I'll. I'll, uh, I'll I gotta say I gotta say this though. I think I'm. This is a hot take. 808s and Heartbreaks isn't my favorite project of Kanye West, although it's like clearly you know a uh, 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 a cutty influence project i think like uh for me it doesn't hit the same way but it, it, it resonates with a lot of people you know what i mean uh but yeah. but i'm a big i'm a big fan of 808s for sure but like i think even interestingly enough is like the the courage that kanye has you know what i mean to like decide he's gonna go left with it and just commit and he's gonna make it his way and make it palatable or he's gonna make it unpalatable and we're gonna you know he has his brand established already he knows we're gonna listen to it like I think that and that's even where I think he draws influence from artists like Cuddy or just like artists like them are experimental in that way and that's what's special about is the courage because like he just didn't have to make a Yeezus he didn't have to make an 808s and heartbreaks you know I mean he could have mailed it in made another graduation he didn't have to make beautiful dark twisted you know (laughs) you're right the 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 taking risks factor as an artist is so important and and Kanye so yeah you're right to your point sir a lot of that um, I, I don't disagree with you. I think, you know, 808s is not in my top three, I would say Kanye projects. I just, I think for the, for the moment that when it came out though, that project was so monumental because it started the trend, it really took what mainstream music was. If you look at just like, if you kind of go back and do some revisionist history, you see, you know, where, where the mainstream was, 808s comes out and then a lot, what followed it. I'm not saying it was the one thing that did it, but it was certainly a, a with, with yeah. the platform that Kanye had established to that point. It's, it's tough to argue that it, it wasn't a, a big factor in where the direction that music went, right? Definitely. Especially hip hop. Definitely. So I was actually just watching a Kanye West documentary like two days ago, one of these like fan made YouTube things. Uh, it's by a creator named Matthew. Uh, I, I don't remember his last name, but it's called Dropout. I was just watching this and it was actually really well made. But um, like, you know, from him to for him to go to like battling with like a hip hop, hip hop star, like 50 Cent on graduation and then to like make an 808s, the Yeezus or My Beautiful Dark Twisted and then a Yeezus. It's just like uh, I can respect how much he shifted the just the sound of the game. Like, you know what I mean? Like and and uh you know going back to what i'm talking about that is just a courageous thing to do and completely opened up so many doors for other people um but like and it's funny how it's i think in order for these uh sounds to kind of establish themselves you know it takes a couple people to run the baton and then someone like a kanye kind of gets it last and really runs it all the way home and now we're all we all know what you know 
Right. Because who's to say, I mean, I would have to like dig back, you know, myself and I don't know the answer to this question, but you're right. Like who's to say, you know, that this type of music was, was a factor before Kanye just wasn't present in the main, like, it's not like we were hearing it. You know what I mean? Maybe it was. Exactly. Yeah. streaming, Streaming was in a different place at the time. So I don't know if it was as quite accessible. I mean, it was getting to that point. I think you still had it was 2008 probably with uh, 808s, correct? Correct? 08, 09. Yeah, so yeah like, definitely in that era. Definitely 2008. Right. So I'm thinking that I think SoundCloud was a thing then. I, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but. Uh, I'm not completely because, sure. It's uh, probably early, right? Yeah, because that it was like, well, how else would. I mean, I know like before that, it was always like LimeWire, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how I'd fire the old, you know, or like iTunes really, right? Like Napster, Rhapsody, that was like the stuff even before that. But like in terms of free music, just to, just to stream, you know, was SoundCloud a thing at that point? Cause I, I really know, who knows, but. Yeah, I, I uh, can't, I can't tell you. Either way, I don't know. I'm so sure someone will hopefully like look yeah. it up for it. So I was curious though, I want, one of my questions I wanted to ask you, uh, favorite Kanye album now that since since you since you kind of said 808s isn't your favorite I'm curious or give me like top three if you if you could if you could yeah like. definitely obviously these things are hard they're subjective so I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and you know inspired by Kanye take the courage to give you guys what my favorite is I think uh and this is personal favorite I'll go like really personal favorite like Top for me is late registration. I have a lot of nostalgia for late registration, and I think it sounds just a little bit, uh, a little bit more raw. I think is, and I'm a huge rap fan. I'm real big on the bars, the lyrics, and uh, I think he was he was focused more on on the rapping in that album. And then it goes college dropout for me, um, and then third, of course, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, and those things definitely can change and flip sometimes and and can definitely be shuffled around probably in any order um but like if i had to go just really like um off the top of my head of what i know also truest by heart like you know what i mean in terms of raw amount of time listened to and memories made with these projects um that that would be it would go late registration college dropout my beautiful dark twisted I wouldn't argue that at all. Um, I, I obviously, I mean, I think that that is, um, I think I'd say two of the three that you put, I would put in my top three. I, I would say it's tough. Like with you, it's, this is subjective, right? Obviously it's personal. We can always change, right? It doesn't have to necessarily be. Uh, I, I feel like this would, this could be different in a week or a month, but at, at the right. moment, <laughs> Three for me is definitely graduation um, mm. or just the way in which uh, like just the sound he went with. I thought it was just, it sounded pure. It was cinematic. I, I really just enjoyed, really enjoyed that one from top to bottom. I even thought he got a, a little personal on that one. Not that he never did, but he definitely, graduation was definitely one where I felt like it, it was a, um, like a triumphant one for him. For sure. Uh, I really, I, I toss it with these two. I would say just one A, one B, but you know, if you twist in my arm, uh, probably we'll go college dropout two, And that even pains me to say, hmm. but that, I mean, that was what I, that was one of my first albums I ever owned was yeah. 
college dropout. And I remember having headphones just like this with a CD player and I'd take it everywhere I, I, I went, like everywhere I'd go, it would be, I'd be bringing like, uh, I'd be bringing college dropout, the documentary, get rich, die trying and like Ooh. speaker box low. That was what oh, I had. Man. Like on that's like, that's like encapsulates that sound, all different kinds of sounds at that moment too. Exactly. Right. Like all that's all that was coming out at the time. And, uh, those are the albums I owned. And then, you know, the, at first, uh, first hip hop albums I ever bought. And, and so college dropout definitely like has a nostalgic feeling to me for sure. So it's tough to make that too. And especially, I think it plays basically all the way through. Um, however, I just, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy for me, man. I mean, I, I couldn't believe what he did on that experimentally. Like I, I really couldn't, there was just so much just, just, it was the nuances to that album are, are just in, incredible to me like I, I can't even explain it. it it just felt it felt on a different level in terms of the creativity and, and I think for me as a as a fan of, of certain kinds of music he hit what I like the most because I, I know that one's that one's polarizing like a lot of his um you know obviously Fantano got so much crap for giving it you know for, for making it a six which I I don't know I, I think that's by far his best yeah with college drop there but i I don't know it's it's it's, i think it's like i mean fantano man he's his own dude and his 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 ratings are subjective and he's he's writing from a reviewer's uh, a critic's uh position which i think he purposefully puts himself there in order to be as objective or not even as objective but as uh critically subjective as he could be um and obviously everybody has these different memories attached and has these different places in their lives that they were when they were listening to this music. And like, I have a real similar story with late registration where like, uh, you know, I would, that was late registration was an album that my dad had in his like CD changer in his old car. And we'd play that every morning. Like it would be, it would shuffle through a couple different discs, but we'd play that every morning. One of the discs was like a mix of just like old school hip hop stuff. And mind you, my dad's a DJ and a real hip hop head. So like, uh, so I'm running back jams every morning. And one of the biggest things we do is listen to that late registration thing. And just some of the ways it bumps, it just, it bumps in a car. Like it just bops that speaker, bro. Like it is, it's, literally just like nostalgia hitting me like in the face um because it's because of my, the memories of my father you know what i mean and then uh obviously the music still for like objectively is a, of a certain quality so the fact that it ages well makes me f- look at it um you know hold it in even a higher regard um but uh yeah his his older stuff has all aged very well very really- very well because there's certain pr- albums you go back to or and, and that you go and they're you're just they don't play the same it just doesn't it's not the same as it was or it's eight or it has like you like you said for lack of a better word has not aged well there's a there's a few eminem albums i can think about that with with, with that um in particular definitely well, parts of encore um not the whole thing because i think there are parts that are certainly do age did age well but 50 cents another mm-hmm. example too like the massacre uh, really some of those albums really and anything after get rich did not typically age super, super well but yeah 
for me. Okay. Depends depends who you're talking to, right? You know what I mean? And that's where that's where it's funny how like it crosses over. Because I definitely know a couple old heads that are playing like fifty cent and they're just like artists know sometimes when fifty particular like comes on my speaker, just a lot of the old throwback dudes, whether it's old Wayne or old fifty, some of these things like it's it's you know, I think is I think something sounding dated and aging well doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah. Like I think some of these things like hit where it's like, oh, this is that 2007 sound that was hard and it still is hard. Like, you know what I mean? It, it's a different sound, different kinds of just wordplay, but it, it's hard. I, I think even though, you know, I'm, I'm saying all this, I'm not going to say that like all of fifties music has aged well and he kind of hit his peak and then came down and then opened his, himself up to completely different things. Right, which he's been very successful in for sure, and like right. funny that yeah, I mean, uh, they didn't really need the music. I mean, it really the music was almost a catap- catapult him into a lot of other business ventures in a sense. I feel like that's where it kind of went. But yeah. I mean, for me personally, Get Rich is probably one of the best hip hop albums of all time. I I don't know like even where you would rank cover. it, but it has even to, yeah, I, dude, it's, it's iconic. It really is. You're absolutely yeah. right. The cover is iconic. The whole thing. And it really like when you when you listen to it and you play it back, you're just like, that was just that tough, like you said, that tough, gritty G unit street shit that was like really um, just prominent in the early thousands. <laughs> he went a little commercial after that, which that that was that was, and that's what that was my one, just for me personally. Like I said, you know, it's that was my one gripe with him. Even then, I, 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 you know, some that song, those songs like Candy Shop, just a little bit. Like, obviously, you hear them now. Like, oh yeah, that was a hot, that was classic. But like, that's yeah. for me personally. That's something I'm going back to. I don't go listen to just a little bit or of like. Of course. Any, uh, just a little bit is hard, though. I'll say just a little bit is kind of hard, man. No, but like, I definitely think yeah, these aren't songs you're running back personally. You're definitely not running them in the bedroom, like just like when you're like on your own chilling. But, you know, they have their time and their place. And I think the fact that it's aged, even even if it's five years, 10 years, 15 years, the fact that it has some replayability is like a testament to how good the quality of music was. Um, and to kind of tie this back into like what we were talking about with Kanye and my beautiful Dark Twisted, like, uh, I, th- I think objectively, it's just like the kind of attention to detail and creativity uh, that was committed in you know raw like man hours of just like mixing this thing down going away to like isolate yourself like that and and the the ideas of just literally just doing something different that maybe it didn't you just conventionally wouldn't think would even sound good or would be what the people would want or what you think Kanye has to do like you know what I mean back to the what you're saying like Kanye just didn't have to do that like the fact that he went on that on the on that limb and like made it sound good just like just even the quality of the mixing and mastering and you know what I mean like there's that's that has to be respect oh absolutely from the start with the track with Nicki Minaj it's like it, it it's mind-blowing like even you know that that Nicki Minaj to me like with the spoken word at the beginning like you know the obviously the really grand pianos and and, and narrating and yeah all the narration like that build and then obviously and then that when that when that beat drops bro like 
that that album to me just just gets gets me going and i think it's just that perfect kind of it starts high it stays high the first you know six or so tracks and then it it mellows out but it's it's gorgeous it's a gorgeous mellow out it's not just like uh you know we're gonna just play some we're just you know progression we're just gonna play some uh you know some of some of the the, the later cuts right we're gonna you know yeah. you know deep cut songs it was more like uh, you know, again, more lustrous instrumentation. The instrumentation, the whole thing was just in- incredible. It's is ridiculous, and and for me, I I love that project because it has a lot of uh, it's up in the way that it um, incorporates rock. You know what I mean? And like these guitars yeah. and like and or or piano, um, like and then it's it's so hip hop in the fact that it's like can be sometimes like loud and in your mouth or like in your mouth (laughs) in your face you know what i mean really clashing right Uh, but uh i think it's it just like goes to show that like i don't know there's there's so much there's so much space and potential in this genre to to still like have like an integral hip-hop feeling right whether it's like just funny wordplay and bars like have a toast to the douchebags you know what i mean like like those things like that's a that's a bar it's not at all like super complex or articulate but putting that against that kind of music like you know what i mean uh amplifies it and heightens it to a way that makes it come off much more genuine and sincere or just it's just easier to be to to resonate with you know what i mean and that that's all that's why we all have this obsession and we can't stop fucking kissing kanye's ass is because he did stuff that was brave courageous like outside the box thinking when like he was also at like a pop star level where he could sit back and like just chill he could make another graduation he could drop he could have dropped like seven yays like those little yay projects like he could have dropped seven of those and mailed it in but he didn't or at least for a large part of his career he, he just hasn't you know what i mean exactly no i think that you make a lot of great points and uh you know so to your point of like the different instrumentation yeah because like as i'm going through the track list like gorgeous had that almost like harder rock guitar chord on it that was rooted in, and cutty sounded so Cuddy good sounded on that amazing. oh the way that that was mixed is just incredible to me and then he was obviously using still a lot of like you know the lot of the sample uh bass beats that he was doing like you know since he's done, really done his whole career talking like devil in a dress a new dress excuse me or power right yeah. and then some of the grander stuff like all the lights and uh, really, the two highlights for me, though, on this album, uh, personally, from from is uh, so appalled. Oh my god, the 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 amount of of bars that are on that one track, Stupid. and and Jay Z backs it up the whole. He's I'm like, you got it's like it's just uh, that, that that puts Sci High on the uh, the Prince on the map for me. Like with with uh, with that song in particular, uh, it's just just so good. And then and then of course, like big fans of us. Uh, with with our blog when i did uh the top 50 songs of uh the 2010s runaway was number two i mean it's just it's one of my favorite all-time yeah. songs not even just songs because that piano bro like oh i mean it's you just like think about how that song is uh there's so much time you could spend dissecting and getting on a deeper level with that song whether it's the lyrics or the instrumentation 
um or you could put that thing on the radio and like like let that let that let that shit rock man like that shit is like like that melody is still just like so uh you know captivating enough to where you can listen to it casually or you know what i mean you could dive into like just how much work it takes to assemble something that sounds this seamless and, and gorgeous you know what i mean even movies have scored it like I've, I've, I can't remember which off the top of my head, but like I do remember, like there's definitely you know plenty of movies or TV shows and entertainment has been scored and sampled, and oh my god, when you hear it, you automatically know what it is. It's it's so recognizable. It's just like the Get Rich or Die Trying cover. It's like oh yeah, Get Rich, like boom. Yeah, I know where I was right. when I I remember can remember what time of year that was, how old I was, all that stuff with Runaway. You hear those 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 piano those beginning piano chords, you're like yep. We're toasting yeah. the douchebags. <laughs> right, dude. And uh, I'll, I'll say this, uh, like for me, like Kanye is such a large influence too because I'm very, very interested and passionate about being like a multimedia kind of artist. You know what I mean? Like a, um, just like I'm very passionate about the music and, and really hip hop at my core. But I feel like, hi like in hip hop, I want to, you know, I, I want to express myself in all different kinds of mediums, you know what I mean? I, I, I really want to make a hip hop movie that has an original hip hop soundtrack that is talking about some hip hop ass subject matter. And you know what I mean? With some hip hop ass uh, characters and actors and, okay. and like, and you know, obviously like, you know, like that for me means just people of color all day, but like the subject matter doesn't have to necessarily be like the stereotypical kind of hip hop stories. I just, I just want it to be, stories to be told through a fully encompassing like lens and, and you know what I mean and uh and really assemble something larger than just the album and larger than you know because that that uh that that dark twisted fantasy short movie is like one of the most inspirational pieces of work for me just because like I feel like even just there like there's a little bit where he didn't go just far enough i think and i'm who the fuck am i <laughs> like who the hell am i but like i i think like i want to see i want to see that short film go the length of the whole album but with scenes you know what i mean like right. like real scenes and narratives that maybe are short or maybe they're vignettes but like they come in they're real talking scenes and then it leads into the music like i want to that's what i want to do that and that's why you know kanye west uh, Childish Gambino and like Kid Cudi uh, like, like those those are all artists that I've seen that like are also passionate about doing it um, visually and like uh, doing it you know on stage whether it's acting or or just and, or just artists that are just coming from hip doing something completely different now you know what I mean no I do I I, I love what you something you said where as like I think Hip hop has become, I think, even now it's more inclusive than it ever has been, and it's so create and it's and it's bringing so many different kinds of people in, and and I and I think now it's like you don't have to be that rough around the edges, tough, you know, gritty type of persona to do hip hop. Like hip hop, there's there's so many different now lenses and and perspectives and and, and entry points into the genre. And it's just expanded. I think there's just the evolution of the genre in the last, even let's call it 10 years. I mean, it's really been evolving in the last, you know, since the 2000s, hip hop has, but 
you know, it really isn't, hasn't been a genre that's been around for that long. I think you, you even brought up this up a little earlier where it's just a genre that's always bended and, and taken different shapes and, and has been experimental. So um, exactly. we're, we're in the new phase of, of hip hop, which is this, you know, bringing in all these different types of genres, all these different kinds of sounds and, and different kinds of people getting involved in the hip hop sector, you know? I mean, yeah. look at even like James Blake. Are you a fan of James Blake? Of course not. No? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry, James Blake. <laughs> that's actually, that's like a pop artist, right? James Blake. Yeah. Uh, I was, yeah. I, for some reason, I thought I automatically thought Blake Sheldon or just like Blake a country Sheldon. artist. Uh, no, I, I didn't. I didn't go down the rabbit. Although, yeah, James Blake. I actually, I actually, I, I'm a big fan of like Chance the Rapper, and I've heard like James Blake, you know, collaborations and like Francis in the Lights. I, I'm definitely a fan of that. Those kinds of like, yeah. So, did not mean to diss James Blake right there. No, no, no. no. Well, yeah, I was about to say, I was like, oh my gosh, no, <laughs> Sheldon. Yes, I think I believe Blake Shelton did a song with Pitbull, and I like shot all over it on one of our like. <laughs> Good. I believe it was. It's bad. I think it was I Blake bet. Shelton. It's, it was Pitbull, and he, he crossed over with some country artists, and it was, it was, it did not work. It, it just oh, did man. not work. Jeez. Uh, James Blake is somebody that never I would never have associated with hip hop, but he's somebody that got into the scene and like I mean, especially his last album. Well, all of it was not hip hop. Uh, there was definitely some hip hop ins inspirations. I mean, yeah. Metro Boomin on a couple of songs. He had Travis Scott. He had Andre Three Thousand. Yeah. I mean, and at, at what point, like, at what point can you really say that like hip hop isn't just influence influencing every genre right now? You know what I mean? Because it's just popular music. Absolutely. That's 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 kind of my point with it. It's just like it's bringing everybody in when it's yeah. It, it you know i i think it's it's a really beautiful thing that Definitely. it's a culture that is uh you know obviously so just cherished i mean obviously it did it did start and you know our our uh um, you know our rural communities and our excuse me in our urban communities uh you know throughout the country and, th and and really was a part of of black culture but it's been embraced or in african-american culture but it's been embraced you know, really by everybody now. And, and um, obviously we have them to thank for it, but it's, you know, I got to give the respect where it's due and, and the credit, but uh, where it did start, but you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's really been embraced, like I said, by a lot of different people when for a long time, it wasn't embraced by a lot of different artists for, you know what I mean? But that's a lot of music has gone through that type of, uh, that type of thing. I mean, even when my mom tells me, you know, when she was growing up, like Elton John was seen as just like a, like he was a Elvis, even when they, when they, both of, of them, they were, yeah, they were very provocative and, you know, not, you know, not the conventional artist. And you look at them now, it's like, those are the classics. You know what yeah. I mean? We look revisionist history is like, they're, yeah. they were incredible. Right. Definitely. Well, I, I think it's important to note though, and important to add is black music in the United States has always been the, or just black musical culture has just always been the music that has eventually been embraced and has been the soundtrack to just this country. You know what I mean? And Elvis is the perfect example where it's like, you know, Elvis is just famously ripped off uh, what he's seen black artists doing at the time, whether it was dancing and, and musical influences, or he was making covers of, of black songs like, um, uh, that just really goes to show that, you know, it's, I think, just 
music and black communities has always been so influential and it's always been experimental. It's always been authentic. Um, and then it just is on the rest of the country to kind of catch up to us. You know what I mean? Like to kind of uh, uh, embrace it fully holistically, you know what I mean? Um, and to break through the mainstream. Cause what, what does mainstream really mean? And like, what does being embraced by everybody really mean? It really means like influence market in the country which is white people you know what i mean um so like and like you were going before talking about the evolution of hip-hop well there's definitely totally radically different things happening in hip-hop right now because of how many how accessible it is how uh widely acceptable it is now um but like i just i'm still i'm such a really big hip-hop head and a big believer in just the fact that the th that has been the premise of the genre the whole time it just wasn't embraced at this level or, or wasn't you know wasn't making money for people who saw the value in it just yet but like that the the notion of collaborating and doing different things has always been there because that's what people had to do because it was also it was a genre that you could make when you was broke you know what i mean like you just you didn't like if we're really just talking about rapping rap and i could rap on the corner i could write bars right now you know it's uh it's highly accessible in that sense and i just feel like it's always important to recognize the fact that like in the 80s you know before like even golden era hip-hop like just like you know big daddy kane like eric b rakim tribe called quest or like you know grandmaster poobah like uh cool herc like all these dudes are like doing hip-hop and like it's kind of underground but like that in it of itself is a different kind of experimental you know uh um exploration you know what i mean and and that takes courage and and just even rakem getting like you know you know rakem really just uh pushing his pen to a different level like to me, to, uh, to us now, it just sounds like, oh, this is what hip hop is supposed to sound like. But at that time, no one was doing that. You know what I mean? That was experimental. Um, and Tribe Called Quest, like, you know, like that, that backpack era of rap, like as, as, as they get older, this whole side of before even Kanye, of the kids who are trying to make hip hop and not be tough. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there, 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 was, there was that diversity in it at the conception of hip hop. And there was that acceptance and embrace from the actual community of itself, I think, all the way since the beginning. And it's just been, it's, it's continued to, you know, now just uh, dominate the country as more people are just being brought into the fold because of social things and, and racial things and, and economics really becoming the music industry seeing hip hop as something that's profitable, you know what I mean? No, I I love how you put that too. You articulated that so well, and I'm I'm learning myself. Just just kind of taking through. I I agree. I mean, tri even for tribe, like one of my favorite all time too. Like way back, I, I don't think you get you know some of you don't get Gambino, and uh, you certainly don't get people like Logic, even Outkast, right? Like I mean, Kanye oh, says it himself all the time. Kanye talks about Q-Tip being one of his biggest inspirations in Tribe Called Quest. You know what I mean? Like they are for me like backpack rap at the beginning and backpack oh, rap is really more just like a notion that like you don't have to be the gritty guy you know you can be your own thing 
No, and it, yeah, and I, I think it really did bring a lot of like different, like said, different people in and 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 of different uh, tribe. Tribe is yeah influential like none other uh, in terms of backpack rap. You're absolutely right. And then uh, even when something you mentioned too, like I mean, it goes back to you know the the black influence goes back to the Harlem Renaissance, man. I mean, when you go back that far with not only music but you know poetry and writings. I'm I'm an English teacher, so. It's definitely something for me, like, you know, when I've gone back and, and seen just literature and, and how it all kind of, you know, was a reflection of each of the time, you know, that's, that's kind of the lens I like to take in with my students is, you know, how, how does this, you know, whatever we're working with, whatever text we're working with, like, you know, how is it a reflection of the time? How can we relate it to today? And, and that's really kind of the lens. And, and then what other texts or other mediums can you potentially connect it to? So it's really like that text to self, text to world, text to text type of thinking but English, no. English. Yes. <laughs> English class. I'm talking about. Real that's humanities. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's, I always say that too. It's like, I teach humanities. I don't teach English. I use the English. I use the, the books, the literature, right? The poems. I use it as a, as a tool. It's, as a, it's, it's, it's a lens for looking at people, humanity. And there's so many different takes that you can, I could sit here and talk about it for hours, but it's, it's one of those things where it's the same deal in music where, uh, you know, that jazz, let's take jazz for as an example. I mean, there's a reason why jazz clubs were quote unquote underground. They weren't, you know, as something that was supposed to be really, it, it was, again, it was there's every era really had that type of, of genre that was seen as, that the devil. That had a lot of resistance yeah there was a lot of resistance from it from the mainstream or, or from uh you know not to cut you off but from the mainstream and, and from the popular music industry at the time and that's also why i think it's tricky even with categorizing music you know what I mean? because for so long these things that were made by black artists that were experimental were just race records you know what i mean it, it was classified by no other criteria except their race, you know, and and, and who knows how many people that's pigeonholed, you know. Uh, the Grammys, the so Grammys like, changed that. They still do that. Yeah, with their categories exactly. Urban, what is urban contemporary? Category. Yeah, urban or hip hop. You know what I mean? That? No, I, I, yeah, like it's, I, it doesn't make sense to me to to continue to do that because even Tyler the Creator said that when he won for Igor, and rightfully so, he was like, "Why did I win?" Why was I not nominated for album of the year though? Like why, why, why right. just, why was I urban contemporary? Why? Exactly. And people give exactly. him a lot of backlash for it. It's not, it's kind of like, they're like, Oh, just shut up and accept the award. It's like, he's right. <laughs> it's been. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's given backlash, I, I, I didn't see a lot about that. I'm definitely, obviously I have artist centric pages that I'm following all the time that are just like, yeah, he's, he's right. You know what I mean? Um, but some people do want other people to like, you know, some people just feel like it's all semantics and, and, and like the, the, the wordage isn't that important. Um, but I think that's what he was trying to say. It is. It's not just about this music award. It says something socially, you know what I mean? It says something about where they're trying to, where they're trying to, where academies like that and organizations are like that are trying to stay, say you stand, you know, relative to other artists based on these arbitrary things that aren't music related you know what i mean and that that's like what the statement is 
No, and, I, and, I, and I'm glad he said it, and, and I'm glad somebody in the industry, I mean, maybe other people have said it before too. I could, I could, I'm obviously, he might not be the only one, but you know, that's something that you know, we even talked about uh, when we did some of our uh, Grammy reviews when we, when, we, when we first became a podcast, our very first Grammy reviews. I can't remember where it was in that episode, but we did mention that we're, at the time. We were like, you know, why is this still categorized as, as such? Like, why is that verbiage still being used? You know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and you're right. It is, it is still, I think, <laughs> unfortunately, the way of their, their systemically speaking, there are, you know, there are institutions in this country that are still, you know, structurally in, you know, olden times or times that are really outdated at this point, you know, in, in things that we should have kind of fixed a long time ago. You know, I don't, I don't, if, if people from the, from the African-American community are saying this urban contemporary category is not plausible, I mean, it, it, it shouldn't be that big of a deal to, to either rephrase it or eliminate it why why even just put okay. their categories that they mean or, or make make more nominations in one category like, there's a lot of different ways you can fix that it's a fixable situation i feel like personally definitely i think uh i think at the at the end of the day it's like music is not different than um you know anything else in this world and it, it's all it's all informed by like what's happening in real world society. You know what I mean? Um, or a lot of it is informed by that stuff or especially like awards and cause that these are all organizations that uh, of course are influenced and are also just products of whatever's happening in actual society. And they're going to skew towards that way and, you know, or, or have ideas and values that come from that. And we, we just, you know, the, the, the fact is like, this is just a country born from slavery you know what i mean and and the enslavement of of people of color and uh african americans and that has that has and will forever you know factor into everything that's made or every everything that's going on afterwards you know what i mean and and we're always trying to push that needle to to which i think we're doing we're always trying to push the needle to just undo that or address that and account for that and 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 you know uh build alliances and get on more common grounds but things like the grammys like these big organizations they're hard to you know penetrate and really change uh so it takes big artists who actually are getting handed the mic to say things like tyler did just to even just to throw it into the larger conversation of the, the country you know what i mean Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I agree. I think that piggybacking off something else you, you had just mentioned is that I, I think that I'd even said a little earlier too, was this like art, all forms of art where you're talking about, you know, music or literature, poetry, uh, paintings, all that. They're really a reflection of the time. And I think that, you know, like you're saying, you know, a lot of the music that's being put get put out now is is a lot about what's going on. I mean, just people that can't or uh, listen to the audio version of this and not the not the music. I'm literally wearing a Run the Jewels shirt right now. Like, I mean, yeah. we get Run the Jewels for without, you know. I mean, I actually I shouldn't say that because Killer Mike's been you know an advocate for 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 Black Lives Matter for a, and and just you know, social reform for a really long time. So I shouldn't say that, but I mean do we really get what run the jewels for was without everything that just happened this past year? I, I, I personally don't think not. We do. Of course not. And, and, and that's why. 
Yeah, and that's where art is so important and so transcending in that way. And, and like, we don't get it to pimple butterfly without, uh, you know, everything that's happened in 2015. And, and this is where, like, art has that balance or there is that paradox that is where it's like, is the world informing the art? Is the art reflecting the world? Or does the world reflect art? And I think it 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 happens. I think it they overlap, you know what I mean? I think there are times where the art is completely a reflection of the world and and then encapsulates that and that feels good and then we can dissect it and then there are other uh, there's other potential for art to be put out there that actually um changes reality for us later on in the future in like the real physical world because it whether it's like enlightening people or teaching people to be empathetic or just introducing like man like like Nas albums, man, like Nas will throw out things that you literally need to look up in a book. And then when, once you do, you just got actually a little bit smarter in your real world. You know what I mean? Like, like that was like, that had nothing to do with him just reflecting on his own world, but that had something to do with him as an artist wanting to send a message and have you open up certain pathways to your brain and certain connections that like, or just like, just throw concepts and ideas in front of you. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, These are the conversations I, I, I attempt to have with my students. And especially like, I mean, I use, I use music in the classroom all like often, I don't say all the time, but often because, and especially when I do poetry, because there's so much about what you can learn through hip hop, especially with rhyme scheme, you know, repetition, uh, metaphor, uh, metaphorical language, uh, you know, all, all really the, 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 um, things I'm trying to teach my students it's 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 a really accessible way to kind of navigate that but it's also these these conversations we're having too and, and I teach a course called contemporary texts and essentially that's modern modern literature modern uh you know books and and right. that's really the goal is is to you know look at these books and say okay and and, and, and the literature and, and the narratives and everything and just reflect on it and say okay so what is you know what is this book trying to tell us about you know, what's going on at the, or what was going on at the time or what's going on. Well, like, for example, uh, I teach the kite runner. That's one of the contemporary books that I teach one of my favorite books. And, you know, you can actually learn a lot about really what happened in the middle East at that time, at the early two thousands and early uh, late nineties with the, the rise of the Taliban, where it's like, you know, if you don't have those stories in that perspective and, and, and a book like the kite runner to allow that framing to happen, you know, you, I, I think if people, if the kite runner was written a little earlier and, and it was a little bit more of a, a wide range, but I, th I think of a, a more accessible book than it, uh, than it used to be for sure. It's definitely more accessible now, but I think you, you eliminate a lot of the stereotypes that were happening post nine 11 when it came to the Middle East, when and and it really, it it it's it's an enlightening and it's something that I, I want the kids to read. And there's another book out there. It's called Exit West that I read. Uh, I teach, um, and I pair it with another book called Enrique's Journey. It talks a lot about immigration, and and I pair it with a lot of different uh, uh, HBO documentary that was done about you know really what happens with central you know. Uh, Central American refugees that are trying to actually get to this country. Why are they coming here in the first place? You know, you're hearing a lot in the news about, you know, for the last, even I'd say 10 plus years, it's been, oh, they're just coming over here. They're raping, they're killing, they're, you know, they're taking our jobs and, and blah, 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 blah. And, and there's just so many different 
other sides and stories that are about these places that we don't even understand if we don't continue to dive into them and, and really learn about them instead of just grabbing headlines from the news. And it's, and that is the beautiful thing I think about social media. There's a lot of back, you know, backlashes to it and really podcasting all these different sources now where in the early two thousands, you know, that, that feeling of, of, of fear and that really drove a lot of those stereotypes at post nine 11, I think, you know, in a way, maybe I could be wrong. Um, but it could have potentially been avoided if social media had been more of a, if there was more accessibility to some of the resources we have now. I think now it's more just willful ignorance. If you're not going to, if you don't want to educate yourself and you want to believe a headline instead of, you know, reading into it or whatever, that's your prerogative at this point. There's really no excuse anymore. Not that there really was, but there really isn't at this point to, to yeah. teach yourself and educate yourself about what's really going on and, and the history behind some things. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I, that's, that's what's, first of all, I have, I had a couple things I wanted to say after that. It's so sick that you're a teacher. It's just dope. Like it's, it's, I think it's like, that's just amazing that like, you know, like your decisions with your curriculum, like obviously we're not, we don't all remember, you know, I'm not sure what grade you teach, but we don't remember every English assignment we had, but some, sometimes that, that does influence people, you know what I mean? So it's just so funny how your, your choice with, with books and your choice to, connect certain themes and expose your students to certain things can and probably will you know have some kind of influence on um their perspective you know what i mean and, and you're gonna help in the expansion of their perspective which is also where art has all of its power you know what i mean it's art art is something that transcends just our you know i'm getting all heady and woo woo but uh it's something that transcends our our just our, our physical bodies, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, uh, and just our natural impulses. It, it's something that like, uh, is truly can be, you know, as coordinated as is just a window into a different world or into a different mentality and a different way of thinking. Um, well, and, and, and I want to quickly note too, I mean, I say this to them as well, but like, you know, it's, it's a learning curve for me. It, give, it gives me opportunity to actually learn about a lot of this stuff as well, because in order for me to drive conversation, I, I, this year, especially, I've really tried to come off of the phrase that I'm just a teacher. I, cause I don't, I don't, I, who am I, you know, I has, I, I still have so much to learn at myself about a lot of the things that I quote unquote teach where I've almost framed it as like, you know, I'm learning with you guys. We're going to learn together. If I don't know the answer, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be that guy that's going to just give you some BS response. I'm going to actually be like, I don't know what, I don't know the answer to that, but let's figure it out. Let's look it up. Or I want to hear right. different uh, sides to certain things and, and, and whatnot and different perspectives. But, you know, I, I'm no expert. And, and I think that is so important for all of us, no matter what age we are. I think there's a population of people out there that have hit a certain age and they think they've learned everything and that's it and that and it, and that's that and you know i just think that you know the importance of what i'm going to take away from being a teacher the most is that learning continues to happen throughout your entire life um and that school doesn't have to be the medium in which you learn and if but if i can make it a place where i can foster that 
that's the goal, right? It's to, to guide them to really, because I, I tell them all the time, I'm like, this is your class. It's not mine. I'm not going to sit up here and preach to you about my thoughts and my opinions on things. And, and I'm going to tell you, this is what I know. This is what I've found. Do your own research. What have you found? What, do you, what can you add to this conversation? How can you help this cause, help this issue? Because, you know, I, some of my kids, it kind of broke my heart a little bit because they talked a lot about this the other day. They're like, I was asking them, we were having a conversation. They were saying, we feel like there's a lot of pressure on our generation. I don't, they, I don't want to speak for our entire generation, one of, my, one of my students was saying, but she says, you know, there's a lot of pressure on us to quote unquote change the world, that we're going to be the change. And that is something that, you know, where I think we're having a hard time as a generation grasping to one, because we're still young, but two, because that's a lot to put on, you know, 14 to 18 year old kids and even a little bit younger, right? So there's so many different sort of factors that, you know, they feel overwhelmed about it. But you know, I, I, my, again, like my, my final thing here with this is just like my whole thing is to just make it, like I said, a place that can foster, you know, different opinions and different perspectives and different and, and, and really just kind of bring us all to a different level. And, and in theory, you know, they take this with them and, you know, they, they, they understand that, okay, like I have to have this frame of mind as I navigate my life, you know, like not so much, it's not so much of a, of a school mindset. It's like, okay, what I heard something, what is, what does that mean? What don't I know about it? What do I know about it? How can I relate to it? What should, what more should I know about it? And, and kind of asking yourself those types of questions and asking questions that, you know, will actually, you know, give you a thought, some kind of thought provoking. And, and I, I hate when people like refer to just statistics or they just use one thing and they're like, this one thing is, is real. And this is a thing because of this. And it's like, no, it's not like you have to, it, and, and, I, and, it, and I see it all over social media where people try to take one statistic or one, one person's point of view that has some authority and justify it as, as the truth. And it's just, you, you can't, navigate life that way because you're just you're you're gonna close yourself off to all these different just tidbits of of life and you know we're all different people we've all had different experiences so that's really what the root of what i'm trying to do it's an imperfect yeah. system still you know it's it's yeah. that is not i haven't exactly uh quite fully figured out yet um i'm still learning with everything but it's 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 it, but that's the beauty of it and if they know that i'm vulnerable then hopefully that makes them be a little vulnerable too and you know I think that kind of authentic energy especially by children and people that are younger uh gets read very quickly and i guess i think it gets received well and i think one of the key things you said there is that you're not there to necessarily like the you don't have to uh you know, lay a, you don't have to set this line as like, I'm a teacher, you're a student, but you're here to guide them. And you're more like guiding them in their process of learning. And, and we should all be lifetime learners, right? I think with the, what you're, where you're essentially, you know, saying right there is that there are people who take the first thing they learn, and then extrapolate that towards everything else in their lives and like let that inform everything else and take, you know, just uh, learn in small pieces and for some reason, you let that be the lens that 
of everything for where learning learning is about i think uh trying to constantly you know learn or you know trying to constantly open up your mind and uh you know additionally acquire new knowledge to to the to the database that is your brain and and um the 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 real goal is not to become the smartest necessarily i think just the the skill of learning or the habit of learning is um most advantageous or just like most beneficial when you're trying to constantly put it at use you know what i mean when you're constantly trying to find more that really is it's not about finding enough or finding all of the quote unquote right information. It's about like finding as much information as you can, being excited when new information presents itself, being open-minded to not just research what you agree with, but taking time to research the other sides, leaving any stone unturned. You know what I mean? Um, In the same way then that crosses over from English to science, you know, that's, that ha- that's with everything. Uh, I'm so sorry, Mike. Could I uh, pause for a second, though, to get a laptop charger? Yes, go ahead. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're good. All right. Uh, sorry about that, Professor. <laughs> You're good, man. Don't worry about it. But I, I do have somewhere like I kind of wanted to bring the conversation towards. I'm genuinely, do it. I'm genuinely interested. Um. Uh, uh. So I think I think it's amazing, and I think that your authentic energy is gonna be read by all of your students, all the people you interact with in life, and it even translated, you know, for me on camera, over the microphone. I'm a little uh, out of breath. I just ran downstairs to get that laptop charger. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, and that's, that's an amazing quality to have. And I can tell just by, like, the kind of music you like and the way you speak that you're a learner yourself. And that's probably why you feel like teaching is so um, amazing for you. Uh, but I'm interested, like, what is your dream job? Because, uh, you know, I'm trying to do the performer thing. I'm trying to find my way to be the, be the rapper. But, like, you seem to be passionate about the teaching, passionate about the music and the content creation. Um, There's something else that you were, you were uh, we had just mentioned earlier today that you were talking about. Uh, oh, I coach basketball as well. And you coach we were- basketball, yeah, yeah. Lakers, so, like, yeah. Right. What what is the we're in the finals, baby? Yeah. <laughs> Nine o'clock tonight, ABC. But so where is like where where what's your dream job? What what is your dream job description title? You know what what is, what is your your end game, Professor? <laughs> well, I mean, I think for me, actually, believe it or not, uh, it, that's a tough question. I would I would love at some point in time to be a professor at a college level. I think that I would really benefit there. And uh, yeah, I, I, I see envision this podcast. There's, I have it in my head of where I want it to be. It's, it's been there for quite some time and um, I'm working at it every day to get it to where I want it uh, to be in or where I envision it. 
um, I have to sometimes take a step back and remind myself, uh, you know, cause there's, there's times where, uh, I don't feel like it's going as fast, as fast as I want it to, to, or I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not quite where I want to be, or it's, it's taking a little bit longer than I expected. Um, I think I have to sometimes remind myself that I can't have expectations, first of all, and second of all, to enjoy the journey and enjoy every moment and, and really be present uh, in the episode that I'm editing or at our episode that I'm prepping for, or that I'm conducting. Um, Cause it's true. I do. I've said this you know, a lot of times off air and on air that I really learn a lot from the people that I have on this show. And I think that this show, I envision it to be an educational place for not only music, but uh, I have, I have some things in the works that are going to be, we're going to be talking about some bigger topics that have much more to do than just music. Uh, I even have the partnership I just struck with Jay Faith out of Lowell and, and Michael Settle uh, in Iowa, who has a fitness brand and shout out B Leafs, who's doing some, uh, and, and Hex, who are all doing some uh, stuff for us and, and content. You know, we're, we're really want to try to educate people, uh, you know, through his Jay Faith's brand, Right Mind. That's why we, we partnered with them. We thought it just worked. Uh, so it's really, I think, for this brand, this be, yeah, for this company to be a company. You know what I mean? I think I need to start seeing it as that. I need to start seeing myself as an entrepreneur. It's something that I'm, I'm still uncomfortable with because I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. I never envisioned myself being that way. And in the last few years, I've really gotten into that mindset. Uh, I love teaching. Um, ideally, I want to continue to do it as long as I, long as possible, and and it's something that fulfills me. I think it's important work. Uh, it's definitely difficult. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie about that. It's it's a hard job. It's something that, you know, it it, it takes a lot of energy out of me, but it's it's the, one of the most rewarding things. And you know, I do see myself. I think, like I said, teaching for a while, or you know, I who knows dream would be to teach some, you know, um, some adjunct courses, like just be an adjunct professor on entrepreneurship or, you know, podcasting potentially if that, you know, cause podcast is such a big thing. I would love to teach like a master course on podcasting. I've helped two people, a friend of mine and my girlfriend's coworker. I've helped them grow their own podcasts so I know what it takes to start one. And I, I know I, I could help people in that area. Even one of the kids at my school approached me because it's kind of gone around the school that I have this platform and they want to start their own podcasting club. So that's something we're talking about at the school as well. And so I would love to do, be an adjunct professor about something like that or teach about, you know, like I do a humanities course and run this company full time. You know what I mean? That would be the dream. And then um, also to coach my, I have an uh, uh, envisioning a camp that uh, was going to launch this spring. Unfortunately, COVID kind of, you know. Oh, wow. Uh, didn't, wow, that's, yeah, that's it, amazing. Yeah. yeah, so I've been coaching for seven years. You know, it's funny, like I talk about all this and I'm like, oh my God, I coach too. It's, <laughs> it's here, it, it, I will say this, I'll just be keeping 100 and, and it's in transparent. It's so, it's becoming more progressively difficult to juggle all three. Yeah. And and I love all three individually and, and I need to continue to do it while I'm, while I'm young and, and while I have the energy and the time, I just know that long-term, um, I don't think I can sustain how I'm doing this. So I know that at some point there's going to be pivots to 
all three or maybe one of them or two of them or whatever it ends up being. Um, great. I mean, I had, I had envisions of coaching in the college ranks or even going pro like to the pros at some point. Dude, you're, a, you're a hooper hooper, man. You're, you're a hooper hooper. Like I'm just, yeah, I definitely did. That's definitely something I'm learning and I didn't pick up um, on any of the uh, episodes that I've seen, but like, I'm, that's awesome, dude. That's, that is super sweet. Like that. Yeah. Keep. Yeah. No, you were saying as, as I cut you off right there, you, it's it, no, it's, it's a, it's a definitely balance. I think you even asked me a little earlier too, like what's my work life balance like? And it's like, I, it's something I'm still working through because I struggle with working so hard and so much. And I don't say that as, as like, uh, you know, holding myself to a, nah, no, it's, you're right. You're just being honest with yourself, man. Why? Yeah. It's just who I am. And it's actually even like a detrimental thing at the same time, because I, you do, you do need breaks. Like it's just reality. I've learned that too. It's like physically, mentally, like I need my proper sleep. You know, I, I there's, I, I'm trying to tell myself now where it's like, okay, I don't work on certain days. I'm not going to work on podcast stuff or certain days. I'm not going to touch teaching stuff and certain days I'm, I'm, locking off like Saturdays and Sundays, especially like I'm taking Saturdays for the rest of the month to go do hikes and, and, and up in the mountains and, and, and yeah. just get away a little bit, just any, any way that I can uh, shut my phone off for a half an hour, read for a little while and just, just shut off as much as I can listen to music, right? Just for, not as a podcaster, not as a music reviewer, but as just a consumer as an, so, so, cause I, I don't want to lose the love of, of listening to music, right? Yeah. Cause I don't want to make it seem like it's all Right. Um, so I guess as, as, as no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. As, as we get older, we have to start scheduling those things like listening to music. You know what I mean? Yeah, unfortunately it is, it is something that I'm, I'm still working around. And I, like I said, I just, and just in closing with this, I, I just feel like people should, um, you know, just pursue what they love. You know, I mean, I love my life. I, I love what I do. Um, I wouldn't change it. Um, it has my envisioned of, like I said, of what I wanted to do has changed. I mean, years ago, I wanted to to coach in the college ranks. I have an uncle that, or really close family friend. He's, he's like, like an uncle growing up, but uh, who like works for ESPN and coached Ohio state and all these things. There was like a, a time in my life I wanted to do that, but I've, I've kind of come back down to earth with some things and, and looking at realistically, um, you know, what the next five, 10 years of my life will look like. And I don't think that's going to be a, place I go down unfortunately at this point in time but I think I can still have the love of that and, it, and it's funny you mentioned that like you know you don't get the athlete or basketball player in me mm-hmm. um but a lot of people that know me get had no and have known me for a long time know me more as that than they do as a podcaster so it's like that's so funny dude there's that's a- awesome <laughs> There's a TED Talk. I encourage everyone to listen to go listen to it. Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, she's a Nigerian author, one of my favorites. She does this TED Talk called The Danger of the Single Story. And it's basically a lot of, has a lot of thematic elements to what we've been talking about all day all, during this episode. But in, in short, it's just you don't want to look at one person or one place or one thing and it's one story about them. It's not, the, it's not everything, right? We're all fighting a personal battle that nobody knows about behind closed doors. We all have, you know, things we do that we, like I said, you, you had a lot of people, it just doesn't come up in conversation, the hoops thing a lot of the time, you know, and um, vice versa. It might not come up in, you know, the podcasting might not come up in it, it. People I work with typically don't ask me about my podcast that especially my coaching realm, we're talking about basketball. We're not talking about podcasting, you know, right. 
it's, um, you know, so I think people that depending upon who you're talking to would see me or describe me first as a very different thing at the beginning. If you're a student of mine, you're going to first say, Oh, he's my teacher, my coach, or you, you, you know me as, as the guy that runs turntable teachers, the music podcast, table right? Teachers, so man, the, the, the professor out here. <laughs> so hopefully that, uh, hopefully that answered your question. It wasn't too long winded, but yeah, I guess my, I think is people go watch that doc, uh, excuse me, that Ted talk because it's so informative and really will kind of help people to really, I think navigate this time too, especially, yeah. but also at the same time, I think it will, uh, you know, give people some perspective and then and I just, yeah, I just encourage people to do what they love. Don't chase money. Like that's a fact. And, and, and it won't work. They won't work if you don't, if you chase money, you know what I mean? And that's what I think like, uh, I'm definitely going to check out that Ted talk for sure too, but I think that's what people like you and a lot of people who are ambitious can also find out. And they really got to learn that lesson that it is realistic that like you can spread yourself thin quickly, even when you're highly motivated, even when you're doing stuff you're passionate about. Um, And it's okay to have more than one passion and really workshop and find a plan that incorporates those things. You know what I mean? Because I think there's a little bit of an aversion to that too, because one, it takes a lot of hard work. If you're going to have multiple passions, then you better have multiple passions worth of work ethic and discipline. You know what I mean? But um, but at the same time, a lot of people are, are scared to let themselves, you know, have different kinds of passions in different fields because there's the whole motto of like you know focus on your one thing do the 10,000 hours uh you're like a jack of all trades kind of thing that's really a master of none like uh you you find your one thing to lock in on which is valid and really good advice and for me in my world I find one thing to lock in on like my music that is in hip hop that is so important to me at my core but I'm realizing as an artist, as a man, as a young man growing up, like, um, and just as a person, that it takes, it takes also the same kind of, you know, reserve of energy that I'm using to like tap in creatively, I need to also use to like go outside and exercise, also use to like do the bookkeeping that takes, you know, that like that organization, all those things, or like, you know, if, if I am passionate in something else, like just, you know, I might have to replace one day, right? I've been telling myself, like write a verse a day, do as much as you can. Like I'm just focus on something else because I'm passionate about that. And I can like, let myself have that. Um, but like managing it all is also difficult because, you know, I'm in school, I'm, I'm, I'm working, I'm trying to be dedicated to, to my craft oh, and, Sometimes it feels like, you know, the candles burning from both sides. Um, but at this, at the same time, it's like, that is, you know, like we had mentioned uh, how I have that Gary V skit on my, on my project, like Gary V is a big, a big symbol for me. And if just, just a kind of figure that says like, you know, this is what it comes with. This comes with that territory. You know what I mean? If you want to, if you want to excel at, different things then you got to have then you have to teach yourself you know and you don't not you won't always innately have it but you got to teach yourself to love the process um manage your work manage your time build a work ethic be disciplined um and kind of like you were saying off of 
of that TED talk that seemed to get at the fact that, you know, your life is happening on different kinds of levels simultaneously and you're battling things, whether it's socially, physically, and you're going through things and you're experiencing things on different kinds of levels simultaneously. And even when you want to lock in on one facet of your life, like everything else that's happening in the background will inform that too. Um, and sometimes you need to know when to like, sorry, sometimes you need to know when to like block it out. And then sometimes you need to know when to listen to yourself and you know what I mean? And, and that takes building some kind of intuition, trusting yourself. It takes awareness, which is a lot of what Gary Vee talks about, even though he's a polarizing figure to people. Um, but I, yeah. yeah. I personally love Gary Vee. I think just for the, like, like he, like he talks a, a lot about what I'm saying too. And, and I've really gotten a lot of that. Some of that from him is where it's like, I mean, it's really been my mindset the whole time where, you know, I've, I've, my whole life I've wanted to do what I love because I just, my you know, situation, just watching some people that around me growing up, you know, they didn't chase what they wanted to do and they weren't happy in their life because of it. And I just saw that and I said, I don't want to be that. That's not what I, it's not where I want to be when I'm in my twenties and thirties and, and, and I'm older forties, whatever. Same and thing. so I just pursued whatever I wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. And again, that's not, that doesn't mean that there isn't like, things intricate things within life that you know sometimes we all don't want to do but we'd have to do them anyway you know what i mean so but but again when it comes to the creative and the, the work and you know just the however it is you're going to make a living doing what you love you're going to be passionate about you're going to do but just you can do a better job at it if you love it you know and and you know i, I love to hear that you know like there's a lot of like a lot of underground artists they're not just artists they're they have maybe nine to fives or they're doing you know, working a job and, and this is like a, a second thing, the same thing, me, like the podcasting, it's a second thing right now, second or third thing even, you know, but it's a passion and, you know, it takes after school, it takes time to come home, right. And, and, and do it. And I'm so lucky just as a teacher's schedule that I have time floating around to actually like work on this stuff. But, you know, it takes time, right. When I could just be lounging around doing nothing, I just choose to be productive. So, cause I love it, but you know, it's, it's, Amen comes with the territory unfortunately so or fortunately rather whatever however you look at it but and it, I, I it's just not always it's not always like even working in the process like when you're in the trenches of it it's that's what it is you know it's it's like the trenches like and sometimes you have to let yourself like sometimes that'll push people away and they're like maybe i'm not really passionate about it enough because uh, i'm not super hyped super on 10 you feel me like all the time and it's not always just coming. Nah, son. Like, it's like the reality is, is like you can have a real passion and desire deep down and your essence and your spirit. Um, but there will be tons of resistance and things and distractions and other reasons that you can let uh, stop you. You know what I mean? And some of them will be better and more rational reasons to stop than others. But if you're really passionate about something, for me, it's like I just want to be as involved uh in the field that i'm passionate about that is art and performing i want to be involved in that in whatever capacity i can because it'll allow me like even if the work isn't always you know um the funnest like there will be those moments and those times where like my passion and my job overlap you know what i mean and there are people who have to compartmentalize so much you know they have the nine to five 
that is their money maker but really like the only place in their life that that occupies is making money you know what i mean which which you're also spending so much time there and that can be soul crushing exactly a thousand percent and i agree and i just uh, this has been one of the more unique podcasts i've done and i just want to thank you for all the time you've given today you certainly uh, need to have you on again because there's just I think so much more that we can uh, we can we can talk about. So you, definitely, I, man. Listeners of the podcast, I don't think this will be the last time we've we've heard of from Phoenix Rios at all. Uh, but uh, that will be it for today's episode. And I think that you know, like I said, this was just so enlightening for me, and, and I hope that everybody else got as much out of this that I I, I won't speak for you, but as, as much as I got out of this, I, I really like I said appreciate all your insight today and for this episode and and i'm sure my audience does too that's my girlfriend in the back hi uh what up <laughs> but i'll up. say uh yeah thank you so much mike i really appreciate it um the turntable teachers is a dope platform that you're taking seriously and i think we can all see that and read that um so just thank you for having me on i i, I want to plug real quick man i got my absolutely nocturnal mixtape is out right now on all popular streaming services um you can see me on socials at the phoenix rios that's t-h-e phoenix like the city r-i-o-s on uh, my socials and you can also just search phoenix rios on your streaming services and if you guys could run back my last mixtape man i think it's uh that would at least just really mean a lot to me and Mike, I totally hope we can actually, you know, ha- keep some kind of rapport and and, and really talk because yeah. this is a really cool ass conversation, man. No, this was this was again, like I said, one of the most unique ones I've had so far, and 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 really just I appreciate all your time and 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 allowing us to have this type of conversation. It was just it was brilliant. It was it was enlightening for me, and I, like I said, I'm sure it was for people here too. And like I said, people almost almost forgot we were talking to a music artist this whole time, right? Like check out this, bro. Next time yeah, we'll talk. Actually, get more into the music. I didn't even ask you like my dream song, but that's okay. That, hey, like, no, dude, that's good. I came into here like I'm here to promo, but I came in here really just a fan of the conversations and like the fan of hip hop and music. So I, that's what I wanted to have more than anything. And if, if you guys give a fuck enough to go tune in, I appreciate y'all. <laughs> but if not, I hope this was just fun to give listen fuck to. Enough. Give, <laughs> give a fuck enough. The link in the description box is going to be Nocturnal, the e- the new brand new EP from phoenix rios make sure you guys go run that up check it out like i said linked in the description his uh we'll actually link his instagram in the description as well so that'll be in there if you're a fan of uh, phoenix rios coming on to us for the first time follow us at turntable teachers on instagram any any podcast streaming service you use just look us up we will uh, we will pop up that's all linked in the bio of our instagram as well and then head to our website www.turntableteachers.com for all the latest blogs episodes merch people that are fans of us you already know what's good phoenix rios thank you so much for everything bro this has been an incredible episode turntable teacher turntable teachers man (laughs) i'm mike this is phoenix rios turntable teachers and class is officially dismissed